Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Turnbuckles. I'm John Reinman, and I just celebrated my 19th anniversary of doing stand-up. I'm Tommy Rico, and on Thursday this week, I celebrate the 12th anniversary of meeting my wife and the 48th anniversary of my time on Earth. I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and I'm coming up on a year with my beautiful foster dog, who is now our adopted dog, Chips Ahoy. There you go. And now it's time for the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. Well, the main event of this week's Raw was really kind of what drove the episode, I thought. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit of what we've talked before about uh, the false Jeopardy premise. Uh, To catch everybody up real quick, Becky Lynch is the winner. Um, And was anyone here surprised that Becky won that match? That's my first question. They did a nice tease where Dewdrop could have won, and I thought the whole match was a very good. Did you think she would? I mean, there's a possibility, again, because we've talked about Becky's character arc being the unhinged uh, losing streak Becky. Um, But this was a big win for her. Uh, The crowd was chanting her name. Uh, It was a good match. You know, you had Tamina, um, Shayna Baszler, Nikki A.S.H., and uh, Dewdrop in there. Everybody put in a good effort. But Um, I mean, of all the names you just said, both of you, be real with me. Well, I was Did in Vegas this weekend. Becky Lynch? Yeah, I was in Vegas this weekend for uh, for work, and so I saw a few Money in the Bank posters, and uh-huh. Becky Lynch's face was on all of them. So <laughs> I yeah, was under I mean, the assumption that that had to happen based on how they're advertising you, in Vegas. You know, fun quick story. My fifth grade uh, teacher. He was. Uh, it was a small school, Northampton, New Hampshire. He was my uh, math teacher and science teacher, Mr. Schlepeck. Shout out to Eric Schlepeck. Listens to the podcast, as a matter of fact. Um, and he told me a fun story about when he used to work at a newspaper. And um, one day, the promoter for the wrestling promotion, it was in the territory days, came in and dropped that off. And he said, hey, what's that? And he goes, oh, those are the results for uh, Thursday's matches. I'm going on vacation. Have a good one. <laughs> so he came by. In, a, in advance of the, the, the wrestling card that week in the local town and just handed uh, Eric the results. Said, hey, here you go. Well, why are you getting these now? Oh, yeah, this is what's going to happen. I'm going on vacation. Have a good one. See ya. Well, and there's also the, le- I, yeah, there's <laughs> also the legendary uh, the poster of Triple H in 2001 mm-hmm. where uh, it was the Vengeance pay-per-view in 2001. And Triple H was on the poster with his uh, pensively uh, holding his sledgehammer. And at the time, Triple H had a torn quad and couldn't (laughs) walk. So he was using the sledgehammer apparently to prop himself up. But it's because those ad campaigns are created almost a year in advance. And that's when they take the photos and put out the posters. And so, yeah, so (laughs) who they didn't even know if Becky was going to be available for the pay-per-view. And they put her on there because she's quite frankly, they're one of their biggest stars, if not their biggest star. Well, two things. First of all, I mean, I hate to say it, but right now we never know who's going to be available for anything. We're still in nope. that stage. Uh, boy, with the NBA, I'm glad just the NBA playoffs ended as fair as they could, at least, because, boy, that would have been such a bum. That was my all I thought about in that series was, man, if anyone, gets, anyone from either team gets put in COVID protocol, this whole thing's just like, should we just stop? Because, I mean, it's going to be questioned forever. Uh, but the second thing is, Julie, we've talked a lot about uh, Paul Heyman uh, here, and sort of the story I've heard is that, and I've kind of witnessed it myself, is that 
a big part of succeeding at WWE in, in an executive role is communicating with uh, the marketing department, right? And and communicating with it. them. Yeah, so they can have what merchandise to make, but most importantly, the posters. Sure. The advertising, right? And a story I've heard is that one of the big issues with Paul when he was executive director of Raw was that because he plays things so close to the best, he was not really communicating uh, with the marketing department hmm. and the branding department. So that's a little bit of the tension with people like Stephanie and um, Vince puts business first, especially when you're trying to turn a profit. And did you kind of witness that? I don't know if you, how much you can say, but I I'll say I witnessed it a little bit, but I didn't see it to a point of contention with any, contentiousness with anybody. But did you see any of that? I mean, I, I definitely struggled with it sometimes because I was a liaison with some of these departments. You know, I was mm -hmm. in charge of, of trying to keep them updated and communicating what was going on. The thing I struggled with is it, the show changed while the show was on the air. The show would change. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just that, but it's sort of like we've talked about here, which is that there are certain people that still have that sort of old kind of kayfabe mindset. No. Um, and, but you can't really do that now when you're a company that big and you've, you get, but that leads me to my next thing is that interestingly enough, even though Paul was so close to the vest with everything that was supposed to happen, um, he also made an interesting point because I brought up, you know, the point of something that was super callable one time. And basically he said, yeah, but if it would you, would you like to see it? Would it be exciting? I said, well, of course. And he said, then what's the problem? Like if we're teasing a fun swerve and we're tipping it too much, then at the very, then you watch, but you watch to find out how it happens. Mm. And the analogy he used was look at every James Bond movie, look at every, you know, almost every superhero movie, you know, at least till recent years where they were pumping them out every other week. So they could kind of move. Them. But it's always <laughs> we know we know the good guy's going to win. It's just how they're going to do it. Absolutely. So did that did that grab you? Did that work for you with Becky Lynch? Because I look at that match last night. And I'll be completely honest with you and we'll get to what we do our predictions. But even in the money in the bank, I'm like, Ugh, you know, there's maybe one. But I look at that match last night and I'm like, here's just four people put out there. That could have just been local. I mean, they're great superstars, great. But in terms of WWE's creative pecking order, they could have been local enhancement talent and Becky Lynch. And I'd say, mm, did it work? Did you watch because you wanted to see how she did it? Or did you watch because, well, maybe I don't know. Like, that's and does it work for you if you know going in like she's definitely going to win? Because I remember as a kid, I'd watch Tom, same as you. You'd watch the Saturday morning shows. We all know who was going to win every single match. Um, but you wanted to see how they did it. You know, it works for me effective? if the swerve is interesting enough. I'm not sure. It was. I just didn't think. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't think they built up. I thought they had an opportunity where they could have built up one or two of those other competitors. Uh, well, John, I can't, I can't believe you didn't think that for one second the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, could beat Andre the Giant. I mean, come on. <laughs> Always, on any given night, it's a main event well, anywhere in the world. Andre might get stuck in the ropes. You know, that'll, that'll, the old <laughs> yeah, spot. Do, he's got to do his rope spot so he can yeah, rest 10 minutes. Um, I mean, <laughs> we, like here's the thing song. about Money in the Bank, though. Money in the Bank is always a mixed bag as far as it's not always predictable. Okay. Um, I mean, certainly, did anyone think Otis would have the money in the bank briefcase? Sure, they took it away from him. But did anyone think that he would win that match? I don't know that Having Becky necessarily there, goes over in that. Yes, I could totally see Liv Morgan winning that. But I do think that they're going to use that match to spin off Liv and Alexa into a really good feud or into a really good tag team. I'm not sure where that's going yet. <laughs> But they're well, they're gonna. They're are you gonna interested use... enough to want to watch to find out, Tom? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am because I, you know what I like everybody in that match, and uh, and I think that there's some interesting dynamics. I'm very interested to see where it goes because again, Money in the Bank is one of those pay per views where they tend to there's usually a predictable result and a weird result, and mm. I don't know which match is going to be one or the other. And I'd sometimes love a couple it's both. weird ones. I'd love a couple like a mixed bag, but. Uh, let me ask you this. Well, let's move on to Money in the Bank. It's coming up uh, this uh, Saturday night, Saturday evening. It's a Saturday pay-per-view. That's cool. People get to... And also, hey, let's talk about that real quick. Why aren't they all on Saturday? 
I mean, I know WrestleMania has to be two nights, but like, like with pay-per-views, like some of the ones that I had most fun watching, like some of the Royal Rumbles when I was a kid. Tom, remember when SummerSlam would be like in a, on a random weekday? Well, be like Survivor a, Series was on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But <laughs> like Sunday night, it's just, it's that you're anxious already. You got work to do the next day. You know, it's like, I just feel like a Saturday pay-per-view. You got your kids, you can stay up late, you can watch it, you can have a good time. The only time, the only one I've ever gotten Sadie to watch, she watched, uh, what was the one they had in January? Oh, it was uh, Day One. Mm. That was the, the first one. <laughs> that, of course, after I build it up to her and she gets interested, Roman Reigns gets COVID. <laughs> and he's not there. And Paul, I, think- I, I, I told her, I'm like, you're going to see my old boss. Oh, really? Paul's not on it. Because he's, he's, he was near him and everything. So, yeah, I think they've just gotten lazy and Sunday is the default pay-per-view day. It's just one of those things where they're like, at some point, they just switched over to all pay-per-views or Sunday. And that was a long time ago and they've just gone with it. But I don't think that's necessarily the most appropriate time for a pay-per-view. I think they also don't want to compete a premium live again, a PLE. Um, They don't want to uh, compete directly with UFC. I know that. Okay. And that's that's maybe why they've. Yeah, that was a part of uh, Tony Khan's favorite day on Earth. Right. (laughs) When he got to tell Dana White. (laughs) His most special meal uh, of his life. His most special meal of his life was telling uh, uh, an executive he barely knows that the other company had to move venues. And they they spelled uh, Tony Khan's with the Jewish last name spelling. (laughs) K-A-H-N. Yeah, they misspelled his name and then called him the owner (laughs) of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or the the, assistant owner of the Jaguars. I was still can I, can I shout out, life. by the way, Tony Khan this week? Because sure. we, we like to have fun with him. But Tony Khan, really magnanimous and really classy in that he allowed his talent, former WWE stars Paul White, who was the big show in WWE, hmm. uh, Brian Danielson, who was Daniel Bryan in WWE, and Chris Jericho, who's always Chris Jericho. He allowed them to appear in the Cena celebration vignettes oh, yeah. and to shout out John Cena. And that was that's a big deal. That did not happen years ago. Uh, no. It was very, very rare that promoters would ever allow talent to, to make any appearance that wasn't already in the can for them. So that uh, was, that's a huge deal for, for Tony hey, Khan and for, a really classy gesture. For the record, I like Tony Khan. I just think he, he's in, like, he's just like, what? You know what I mean? Like, Julie, here's what, here's what I'll say. You, we've talked about this before. Julie, this was actually your idea, Julie. You said to me. He's putting it on me. <laughs> you said to me, if, if you ever meet. No, you did. You said this. You said, if you ever meet that dude, you should be like his Bruce. You're like, you're like you'd, be a good, you'd be good as his Bruce. I trust you. I don't you. know about that from a I creative wrestling you. fan, but I would definitely be good at being the one person that could be like, what? What was the best day of your life? Like 80 miles was that guy for Fallon. You all have someone who's like a lieutenant who can get away with it. Bruce is that guy with Vince who could kind of shit on him in the meeting and make fun of him and get away with it. I just feel like someone needs to be like, what, Tony? So maybe, maybe then the tweets stop a little bit. I don't know. I take it. I, I, I take Tony Khan tweeting as like, this is his character a little bit. You know, this is, and it might be real, but you think so? I mean, I've heard it's the real Tony Khan. Okay. Because in the in the guise hey, of nothing like wrong us, with it. Just us weird. joking, I'm sort of like, he's playing it up. He's promoting his show. He's got to do this to promote his show. Well, he's got tremendous energy. And here's the <laughs> thing about Tony, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I think that he needs to delegate. There, there, I think the company is now big enough and broad enough and has enough appeal where he needs some more voices in there. And we know just from hearing some backstage stuff, Tony is the end all be all as far as the direction of that show. He allows the creative to kind of flow between wrestlers, but he's essentially the head and only writer, the head and only booker. And so if he could ever delegate some authority, that'd be great. I mean, one of the things that is very obvious is that the talent on AEW are putting on pay-per-view quality matches every week. And that's why like 60% of the roster can't wrestle right now. They're all hurt. And so there has to be, you have to find a way to do more storytelling where you're not asking these guys to do 360 degree planches outside of the ring onto a chair. And you have to, there has to be some kind of balance where you don't ask your guys to kill themselves every single week so that they can have that extra juice for the pay-per-views and the pay-per-views are outrageously, uh, you know, their their pay-per-views are over the top as far as the presentation. There was a video. They're doing it every week. 
WrestleMania, which is a site that I watch, uh, they do like a news recap every day. And out of, again, all these guys are out of the UK, which is interesting. But uh, they had a video. I didn't watch it because I was like, ugh. It was 10, 10 times an AEW wrestler almost died. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then I read the comments to see if people were, and they were all like, oh, God, there's been more than that. I was like, oh, boy. Here's two things I would say to AEW. I'd say uh, the continuity and the transitions and the segues from segment to segment could stand some improvement. Uh, and Chris Jericho has actually called that out a few times, that they've had redundant things. Like commentary, John? Um, no, like they've, they did like they had vignettes that were very similar that aired back to back. They had matches with similar steps that aired oh. back to back. And it just, it was kind of like, you need something in the middle there. Got and it. so I'd say that, uh, you know, Hey, hands up right over here. Uh, cause I got a gig. I can't go on the road anywhere, but, um, if you ever needed a consultant, Mr. Khan, I'd be happy to look over and say, Whoa, these three things are the same back to back to back. Or I'd suggest maybe get somebody like these two uh, fine people here that haven't made fun of you as much as me. Um, <laughs> but then the other thing is they have such great promos in AEW. Mm. Why don't they have more promo dedicated segments? Yeah. I mean, WWE's got way too many, you know, they got the KO show. They got Miz TV. I mean, all their segments too. We've talked about this too. It's all just setting up an easel and putting up a yeah, cardboard. I wish, it's just, yeah, no I'm effort. with you. I do miss John. I feel like in the research that I've done, there were really cool sets and setups and just in the ring, it kind of feels, and I get it. It's live TV. You have to move kind of quickly and I don't know, but can't you pre-tape a segment or, or, you know, rampage on Friday nights where it's pre-taped and also you got that, you know, you got Turner. I mean, he said he had the happiest moment of his life with a Turner executive. We'll call that executive. And I thought it was discovery. I think it was discovery. Well, discover some sets (laughs) kind of like Kramer did when he found the Merv Griffin set set it up on the side of the stage. And then when you do your Friday night pre-tape, have a couple interview segments and put them in there and put it like, you know, splice them in. I mean, that's the night kids are watching their, their home. So, and that shows, I mean, rampage is, even though it's on later, it's a lot tamer. I've found than dynamite a lot of times, probably cause it's not live and it's edited and there's, Oh, you can't do the, Oh, live TV. It's like, no, people see it. Do a couple of interviews. You got guys that cut great promos. Give me something. I would say those are the things with AEW because I agree with you guys. It's just, and that's my thing is it's just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot coming right at you mm. that without a lot of deviate. It's great match, uh, you know, formats and interesting, unique ways. It's just there's not a lot of variance and something that Vince would talk a lot about uh, were, were the let me up matches and the let me up moments where you'd have really intense segments that would go like two or three in a row and be like, all right, now I need the twenty four seven thing oh okay now i need a a ko um riddle backstage where they bump into each other and something funny happens like and aew had a lot of that i think eric bischoff has said and i agree with this i feel like i'm watching wrestling there in person more when i watch aew which i think is great it kind of brings back memories of the attitude era wwf when it was like felt grungy and felt like i was in the arena um it's just the it's we're at the same speed the whole time and you know that's fair. Hey, there's nothing wrong with an ACDC concert, but even they play the Jack, you know, for eight or nine minutes and kind of slow things down. So well, let's, sh- let's shout out, by the way, AEW did make yet another great hire uh, on their forbidden door. Yeah, pay-per-view. That- they unveiled their newest signing, the former Cesaro of WWE, Claudio Castagnoli, hey, who is an, an, Italian, an ethnic Italian Switzerland uh, wrestler from from Switzerland who is one of our favorites. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But uh, you're breaking the format. And that's a, and that's Jim a spoiler. Cornette, if you ever go back, anyone wants to go on the, uh, as I call it, the winged rainbow, the peacock and check out old like bras from 1998. You can hear Jim or 97, 98. You can hear Jim Cornette. Legit, not in storyline, complaining that they're not, they're not following the format. <laughs> All right. Well, and let's, everyone's let's like, go. He's, man, he's so good great. as a heel commentator. I'm like, no, he's really mad. Yeah, really yeah we're not following. Actually, also too, you said the Merv Griffin set, and that just reminded me of I want bring out that Merv Griffin set 
and put our truth as Merv Griffin. Do you know? I would love to see that. I want to see the R-Truth talk show. Thank you. That's Does he the have a K- podcast, by the way? Oh, he should. He's like he doesn't have a podcast. I don't think he no. does. I don't think what? he does. I would love to see coming from the late on? night show. What is, why was what is, Bray Wyatt never on a talk show <laughs> ever? Why and why does our truth not have some kind of show? He should. He's so what is good. going on? They're He's supposed so to be good. an entertainment company. <laughs> I think. I think. You know. Why is his name Ron? Why is his birth name cooler than his wrestling name? <laughs> right, so baby are, boy are we going to run down our money in the well, bank? He's going to uh, need a tougher name to be a wrestler. I mean, we can't we're run down our money in the bank fly. competitors so we can yeah. stick to, to format stay on like format. We to. You know, 20, <laughs> 20 minutes so, in, haven't uh, money in the bank? Money in the bank predictions. Now I got to tell you guys first. When I typed this in today, I had to do some research to see what had changed to see if anyone has Julia talked about. And when I went to type it in, I accidentally typed a monkey in the bank. And uh, the problem with that was I realized that right away, Vince would probably go ahead with that if given the chance. Oh, God. I just want to see that email from the writer's assistant that says, for monkey in the bank match, can we, they always said like this, can we please have seven bananas? Can we please have fake poop the monkeys can throw if they tense up and cannot make their own? Can we please have a man in the big yellow hat costume? For John Laurinaitis. Um, remember that? Julie, see all the emails? It was, can, can we please? If you needed like a Always. red highlighter, be like, can we Always. please have one red highlighter? And I felt so bad for those assistants because like if they didn't say please once. I God, wrote like that. I was, to- I was told that was the format you needed to write in. I, I, I did too, but it was like, but like when you got 19 props, just give me one can you please. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll know the rest of them. Like if there's one next to it, you could put. This is not a please. I'm not. I'm not asking you. I'm very spiteful of this. But let's. What do we think for well, the? You women's- know, someone pitched Monkey in the Bank, by the way, and then it. They probably actually tried one in the '80s, and they're like, Vince, remember when we had the? <laughs> remember when the chimp mauled Barry Horowitz? We can't do that again. <laughs> Monkey in the Bank. It wasn't that a, a 2003 straight to video Triple H movie. I remember that one. I think it was a Hasbro board game. Yeah. yeah, he was. He had to, had to catch him with a net. Um, All right, so let's go. Let's go to the actual Mikey's participants. Uncle. Let's start with the Kids, women's because the women's back. match is better. Sorry. Um, uh, so we have Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, nope. Lacey Evans, mm-hmm. Asuka, and Shotzi. Okay, so it's Asuka and Becky. We know that's going to be what it comes down to. I don't know. Really? Why? The audience is pulling for Liv. The I know, audience, but the audience is dude, really pulling for, but they're pulling for <sighs> Becky again as well. But I pulled and, for Daniel Bryan just like I pulled for Liv, and they just don't do it. Yeah, they don't give the audience that thing because if you give it to them, they're smarter than you. Here's I bet WWE doesn't even know who's going to win. I, I bet, bet we're, you, that's I bet true. we're talking about it, and they are. They I, I bet they've that's narrowed good, it down. I like that. Yeah, good. I, I bet you the answer may not. But I hope they're at least considering. Down. I hope there's like four plans. You know what I'm saying? There like, is. There definitely get, is. I hope it's narrowed down. And I hope there's a lot. Like, I'm sure there is. But like, but I don't know. I mean, I got to be honest. Maybe things changed when you were there. But like, for like, I never saw other than the money and the other than the Hell in a Cell match that he just went, well, <laughs> I'm fucked at the end and almost and ruined two characters. Uh, everything was pretty. There was always rumors and leaks put out on purpose to try to throw people, but nothing deviated. It was always pretty much, I mean, no one wanted Corbin to be king of the ring. Everyone fought against that. And that was planned for about like two months and it happened. But what do we think for, here's what I'm going to predict. I think it's going to be uh, either Becky or, and hear me out, what, what happens if Becky and Asuka each grab the briefcase and hold, hold on to it and fall down together? Could that oh then get us to a, another brazier step? Becky Asuka match. Keep that program going. Get the Becky Asuka sitcom. That, or you have something happen between Becky and Asuka on the way to the briefcase and someone else wins it. That way you keep the Asuka-Becky mm. feud going. There you go. I don't think so I'm on safe live? feud. I'm sorry. I just got shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Asuka-Becky. I can't say battle either. Asuka-Becky competition. There we go. Got it. Found it um, in play. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who would. T- I I think the audience is rooting for Liv. They want to. They want to see her have a shot. So who is? Sorry. So Tom, what do you think? I mean, I think it's going to be Liv. 
but I wouldn't rule out Raquel Rodriguez because really? that way. Yeah. Well, cause she's Why? gigantic and they like her a lot. Okay. Um, and she's, she's very good. Uh, she seems like she's a safe worker. Uh, she's not over yet, which that's the only, that's the only misgiving. Yeah, that's my feeling. Calling it. Yeah. But this could do it. And, and especially if you let her have a long run with the briefcase, mm. if you, you know, tease that she might come up, but she's, She's the exact type of wrestler that they want to push. The problem is they've pushed her really badly. And again, as as a Latino who is very, very, uh, I have, I'm very disappointed with uh, how WWE portrays Latinos in general. Uh, I don't like what they've done with Raquel. I don't know why they have her speaking Spanish when it, it's clearly not her native tongue, and it and it's just not necessary. Let her get over as herself. I mean, she's a badass. And she's good in the ring. And, and they're, they're re- she's really, um, I mean, you can tell she busts her ass to nail those promos because she is, she is very good at them, but they're very scripted. And they're, they don't seem to be her. Let her I be hear, her. I hear what you're saying, but they also had Otis try to spell cheese. So, you know, <laughs> it's not the craziest thing I've seen them make someone try to do verbally. I, I, I I'm not with familiar I, with her work in NXT. I think um, she could be great. And I think with yeah. Triple H uh, seemingly announcing I'm back, <laughs> that must feel great to just come back with all this going on. Just be like, I'm back and just start running things. But he's down at NXT. He's calling a lot of the shots again. Uh, yeah, I think that could be cool. I think that I want to see what happens between, like I said, I, I brought this up before. I think there's something fun you could do with Liv Morgan and um, Alexa Bliss. I'd like to see them in some kind of program either together or against each other. But I think together that could be real interesting. That could be a real interesting team. They have similar sensibilities. Uh, I want to keep seeing... I, I can't see Asuka do the honors for Becky. I, I need something more. Like, I don't want to see Asuka, like, just lose like that. I'm not ready for it. I like the Raquel idea. I think that that's really... And then her with the briefcase... That's a monstrous, that's like a Brock Lesnar. Like you could turn her evil enough that that could be like, oh my God, when that music starts and she comes down to the ring, here's an idea for you. And I, it'd be hard to do in the PG era, but they were talking about Charlotte Flair doing this. What if Raquel cashed in on a dude? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, how crazy would that be? <laughs> if like, I don't know who it might be, but. You know, there's a way to set it up. I'm just thinking like different things they could do, but it's just, I don't know how you, problem is where do you go from there? How do you get out of it? You know, stuff like that. But it'd be fun if she teased it and then just, and decided, you know, just one of those, yeah. just a, a little like hint that maybe that she'll, I and could then do she this if back. I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there was a moment where somehow Seth and Becky were laid out down the road and she teased, I might go for Seth. And then, I mean, for, for good reason, WWE is very, hesitant to do male and female physicality. But they've been doing more. Yeah, but, they, but they've been very time. cautious as to how they <laughs> not, yeah, how Now they is do not it. ideal nope. to go back to that well. What about the men's match? And the men's match. So, we have Seth Franklin. Oh, I'm sorry, Freakin. <laughs> oh, just good. go with that it. Good. Seth Franklin. Oh, man. I believe that for a second. Everyone Google that. There was an p- actual WWE promo, right? They called him Seth Franklin Ross. Named after well, it was it was from the venue. The venue misspelled. Oh, okay. So, uh, but yeah, so we have Riddle. Yeah. We have Seth. We have mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre, the Nigerian giant Omos. We have Sheamus. We have Sami Zayn, who I totally forgot qualified. <laughs> and we have uh, TBA, who I believe will be Ricochet, uh, because you can't tease how great someone would be in Money in the Bank on Raw and then have them lose the match and not put him in the match. I think that would be ridiculous, so I think not Ricochet Brock gets Lesner? that last spot. No. What? No. So, bro- okay, so Tom, you're telling me that on this Friday on SmackDown, or day of, it's not going to be... Oh my God, you won't believe it. Brock Lesnar's here. And we all get excited because it works every time. Well, we know Brock works limited dates. I don't, quite frankly, I don't think they have him right now. Like I, he I came think, back. He was back the other day. He was back. Yeah, but he's back for that feud with Roman. I don't think he's going to well, even who's bother the champion? with money in the bank. Who's yeah, the but champion? if he can direct, if he can directly 
challenge Roman, why would he even go for the briefcase? Plus, I think it would be a huge downer to the crowd. I think it's because that's it's why I'm predicting before. it. <laughs> oh, God. What? That, what a fart that would end the pay-per-view with. That would not go over well. Well, we've not talked with- about this before, too. They're booking their pay-per-views in ways. They're booking it like comedy variety now. You know, I mean, they're front-loading it now, like, you know, the 2022 Royal Rumble. You know, where we all know how the men's rumble went. So where was the rumble? End of the show. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of wonder about that, where it's like, I think it's going to be Brock. If it's not Brock, who wins? You think it'd be Ricochet? I don't think Ricochet will win. I think they're going to put him in the match to okay. have a bunch who, of fun spots. But who wins the match? I think it's Riddle. Oh. I think it's Riddle. Because then you have the dynamic where he can't challenge Roman. Oh, that's right. So then you, so then you have him holding on to it for a long time, and I think that's where the story is. Would they ever turn? Uh, it's, Riddle? E- it's either going to be Riddle or Seth. Would they ever turn Riddle heel? No, I don't think they can. I mean, it's he would be a really lame heel. <laughs> he's he's a baby face. He may go his entire career as a baby face. Because I was going to wonder, could you have Randy come back, defeat? The ch- whoever the champion is, then have Riddle go. Yeah, but oh, cool. but Randy goes heel. Nobody's nobody's but, know, he, Randy's people, not going to lose any cheering if if he goes heel, and people want him to go heel. He's I know, better but as a heel. Think of the, but think of like think think of the reverse psychology of the late nineties, where if you had Riddle, who's this broy douche, who all of a sudden screwed his friend, and then the the legend, the the angry guy, the guy, the apex predator, they were all like, oh, that guy's so fucking. You don't think people would brute for him? Maybe, but here we talk about it every week. The company has so few pure baby faces, like like five, maybe less. So to get rid of one of them, if not the top one, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But that being said, they do a lot of things that don't make a whole lot of sense. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode of Turnbuckles is sponsored by NordVPN. What is a VPN? VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. It's a service that safeguards your internet connection and privacy online. Let's face it, no one likes to be watched or tracked. That's why it's important that you step up your privacy game. When you use NordVPN, your traffic is encrypted so that no one can see what you do online. Anytime I connect to public Wi-Fi, I use NordVPN to encrypt my connection so that cyber criminals can't steal my data or inject malware into my device. NordVPN is available on every major platform, so you can use it on any device, even your Android TV. It's also the fastest VPN out there, so you're never sacrificing speed. One of the best parts of NordVPN is that it lets you access your streaming content from anywhere. Let's say you're traveling abroad or don't live in the U.S. With NordVPN, you can set a U.S. location in one click, and watch all the WWE Network shows you want. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com turnbuckles to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and free threat protection and one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com turnbuckles for your exclusive deal. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, someone, uh, someone I do know, John Cena, returned uh, last night. I didn't see him. <sighs> no one I ever did does. It. I'm done. I'm out. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Said it. That's our, ver- that's our version of the Batista question from Something to Wrestle. <laughs> where they... I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story where I, I'll tell you where I lost Bruce Pritchard with a lame joke one time and it involves that, but, um, <laughs> no, I didn't come out and say it was more clever, but anyway, uh, John Cena came back, um, kind of, it was scheduled. Um, so Cena comes back, makes his return, does the thing he always kind of does where he says, oh, I get, I, but he kind of says, I'm going to come back. I just don't know when it's going to be. Well, he started um, off raw though being welcomed backstage by yes. both heels and faces and, and that was, staff, that's which big. was cool. And he was welcomed backstage. The notable ones, uh, he was welcomed by Michael P.S. Hayes, dressed as the canary in the coal mine. He was, <laughs> he was. Uh, oh, there. I also what did spotted. Say? I didn't hear the audio. It was it was muffled, but it was probably something, dude. Um, <laughs> Did he, did he Sean Devari? <laughs> did he ask? Sean Devari was celebrate. Y'all celebrate summer up in Boston. Guess what? Of that never sold out the Superdome when you were 16 years old. 16 um, months old. That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, we saw Sean Devari back there. By the way, looking more swole than most of the ast- active roster. Just huge. And uh, my favorite was the Becky Lynch Easter egg. Oh yeah, did you guys <laughs> noticed that. So he. W- <laughs> Becky Lynch, everyone is cheering and, and uh, you know, shaking hands with John, slapping him on the back. And Becky Lynch is sitting on, on, a, on a, like a case of something, just totally dead face, looking straight ahead with her uh, daft punk sunglasses on, mm-hmm. totally nose selling uh, John Cena's entrance, which is perfectly in line with her character and super funny. And, she a, is and, super and great funny. on John for not acknowledging it either, which oh, is awesome. great. Yeah, yep. that was such a great. Like, I bet you in the moment, I don't know, but I bet that feels like in the moment, probably right before they said go. It was like, what if we did this? Fucking great call. Like, that was just so funny. Who do we think it's going to be for John Cena? What's the, there's going to be a program. They tease theory. So we oh, assume yeah. it's theory. Yeah. yeah. But man, so they did, a, uh, they did a quick promo. And by the way, props to theory, man. That was the best one he's ever done. He's good, but this one felt real. Uh, still slightly scripted, but it felt really real. He got his moment with Cena where it was just both of them on camera. They are both almost exactly the same size. They both look strikingly similar. Uh, And so he, he ran Cena down and then attempted to take a selfie with him and Cena vanished. And I thought that was a nice touch too. It was Cena basically no selling the youngster that you can't Uh, see me in, in your picture. I'll throw out another opponent for, Cena, what about Veer? Could you? I mean, is John back for two matches? He's back for the summer, I think. So what that's if what John he said. Goes, what if he goes over Theory and we're like, oh, cool, Cena still got it, and then Veer is the next one, and Cena, Cena don't got it no more. Because I would. Do you guys? Do you guys know who Veer? Veer. Do you know who Veer is working on the house show circuit with? Who? And I think it's a great pairing. Who? He's working with Robert Roode. So on the house show circuit, Robert Roode has been wrestling as a single again. And he's been wrestling under the glorious gimmick. Mm. And so he's been working with Veer on the road. And I think it's been like a month now. So I think he's really good opponent for Veer. In he's not in the pretty know. dogs anymore. He's not in the pretty doggies. Um, yeah, the pretty doggies. He, <laughs> he's, he, hasn't joined, I, I, he hasn't joined Father's Day's balloon. Well, I, I think the Sadie. world of Rude, and I, I hate that he's not on TV. I hate that he's not part of the, the mix. Um, but he, if, if they have to use him as an experienced hand to give guys like Veer, uh, you know, some, some, some pointers in the ring and to work with them. And he's worked all over the world. He's, he works a great style. Um, and I think he's maybe they're prepping Veer for somebody bigger with rude. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, that's the type of wrestler that Cena made his bones against, you know, with, I mean, Veer is similar to Umaga. In a number of ways, uh, physically, size-wise, and also that it's a kind of similar character. So maybe they work together. I, th- I think it would be a good match. Um, I don't know if that's where they're going, but that that would certainly work. 
Um, yeah, good. I mean, it, I Rude is one of those guys that's always had an amazing amount of potential. That like is, but it's just it's like how they use him, you know. But it's amazing the dirty dogs have worked out like they have. But let's get to the the big thing that everyone was talking about is that uh, John Cena is there it's supposed to be his night, his twentieth anniversary, and who comes out? Makes a big grand entrance and is in the ring through a commercial break until he finally gets to talk. Well, it couldn't possibly be the person being uh, publicly accused and not quite refuting uh, sexual misconduct and uh, payout allegations. None other than Vince McMahon. John, when Vince, you texted this to me, I, I thought it was a joke. I really he's become thought, the real I, life fiend. In that yeah. in real life now, I'm like, oh, God, don't let Vince come out. Oh, God, please don't. And he did. And I noticed the pop was not as favorable last night. People were a little less. There were a lot of sitting on your hands. Sounded a little sweetened, too. Oh, yeah. Kev, yeah. Kevin Dunn, the 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 voice, the mouth artist. Kevin Dunn was there going. <sighs> yep. We all know he also, does it. He's like the guy from Police Academy. He's Vince was wearing mind. his stupid pink tie, by the way, to troll women with fake solidarity or whatever that means. And Vince also, I don't know how many times someone can get a facelift and still look like a scrotum, but he, Mr. I don't want to be on television cool. anymore, looking worse and worse every week. He's, um, he's Louie at the cellar. I've said this to Julie too, where it's like now, like, like I've said this before. I don't want to be those oh, father of a daughter people. Cause Vince could turn around and say the same thing, but someone with a child that I've thought about taking to events. I don't want to until he's gone. I'm like, I don't want to run the risk of him being there and having her go. It wasn't that, isn't that your boss? And me being like, yeah, well, well how come? I mean, she's already seen a picture of him somewhere and been like, why? Did I said, and I just had to go dodge it, which I guess a lot of parents would probably have to do. Aren't they supposed to be PG? Is this supposed to be a family product? And Vince keeps showing up. Good All, and also without any context or necessity. No, that's He's what I mean. It's for like him. the Louis drop in at a comedy club where it's like, oh, Christ. You know, and then everyone else is on the show. And speaking of which, the visual of all the superstars made to line up down the aisle, the ramp to greet Cena. Hey, I'm cool with that. I think everyone is, except for maybe Bray. But we'll get to that some other time from some hearsay and scuttlebutt that's gotten back to us. But um, they're all made to line up men and women, by the way. And then Mr. McMahon comes out and I'm thinking, where's, where's old Titus when you need him? Cause that's when you need to pull someone by the arm and say, get the fuck out of here, dude. But he came in and that meant and he was in there during commercial. So he's in the ring for what? Two a minute and a half, two minutes with his song playing, leading the crowd, according to the reports, conducting the crowd. Here's what I love though. Is it? Julie and I were texting back and forth and it was going to be like, man, I'm going to lose so much respect for John Cena when he goes into the ring and shakes this guy's hand. But here's what happened. As soon as Cena hits that ring, I don't know if you guys caught this. Vince got the fuck out of there. And if you watch the bottom of your screen, you can actually see Vince running. Like you can catch his head bobbing up and down as he runs away. And yeah, the production team did everything they could to angle that shot so you didn't see Vince and you still could just based on how quickly he bounced. And that wasn't in care. That was Vince legit running away. And Julie, you said maybe it's wishful thinking on my part because, you know, I've had the, the for- good fortune of uh, working with Mr. Cena, but it felt to me like that might have been him or his team saying, yeah, we'll do this, but you're out of here. But then that makes me wonder why was why did he get to do the the introduction at all? Doesn't Cena have enough pull to say? No, nah, I'd rather have Hunter. I'd rather have Steph, or just not have anybody. I don't know. It seemed real weird to me. It seemed real. Do you think weird. Vince is just at the last minute saying, "Well, switch a pl- change of plans. I'm going to go out and do it." Does he on the rundown? Does it just say it's going to be someone else, and then he just says, "Fuck you, I'm doing it." Maybe, maybe. Because that's, that's, that's what that's I keep... That's entirely possible. I think that's very possible, too. And that's what I think keeps happening. And as long as he's allowed in that building, it's going to happen. Well, it's, so there was no... Inter- so Vince introduced Cena. Mm-hmm. And then there was no interaction, not a look, not nope. a nod, Nothing. not a wave exchanged between Cena and Mr. McMahon. Nope. There was no handshake, no thank you, Mr. McMahon, for the opportunity in the promo. 
absolutely no endorsement from Cena towards Vince. So I think that was pretty telling. Uh, and Cena took the time to thank the fans and mostly talk about the fans. Um, I, I but really he still like showed John up Cena. on the show. I mean, he like did. what, what way to sit on a fence, you know, it's like yeah. a way to way to like, you know, and I feel like that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's kind of sitting on a fence because they, they're, don't know which way the wind is going to blow. Well, nobody wins forever. We learned yeah. that yesterday during the January 6th hearings that eventually it gets out that someone tried to strangle a Secret Service guy and threw ketchup at the wall. He's, he's going to come through that, though. Are you kidding me? He's going to come know. through that. I think with I, Vince, like I said, it's like, look, man, the longer you're alive in life and the longer you, quote, get away with it, it's the Whitey Bulger thing. The longer you get away with it, the, the more you slow down and the easier it is to get caught. But I think I will just say this. I think you're right. But think of this. This is the way I looked at it from Cena. If Cena pulls out of this, that's big fucking news. That becomes sure. a news mainstream news story. Yeah. And it really hurts the company. But that's what I'm saying. It hurts the company. It hurts all the talent in the back. All of a sudden, their paydays go down. All of a sudden, they're getting the frantic tweets and texts. And what do you think of this? And their stress level goes up. Yeah. And Cena remembers being that guy. Tom, he was just starting out when uh, Steve Austin walked out, right? Right. And now, yeah, granted, been there. that was a different circumstance, but Cena understands that he's like, I have to show up for this because if I don't, I'm screwing everybody in the back. If he makes it, if he makes it through this scandal, I think you're going to see people say, fuck it. Let's go. Let's get him. Yeah, people I think we're early the in the investigation, too, and there's not enough out there. If the, if more embarrassing stories keep rolling out, eventually he's got to go. I mean, that's if because he's just going to drag. He's gonna, now he's not just playing with his money. He's playing with a lot of investors' money, and I think that's where it lies. As far as Cena goes, and this is such a, it's a really tough position because all things considered, if I'm John Cena with everything that John Cena has, I don't do it. But I also have to remember. I'm a stand-up comedian somewhere towards the middle to the lower end of the pecking order. Mm. And unfortunately, our business is littered with sex pests and rapists and se you know sexual offenders of all kinds. And the clubs keep booking them. And someone like me, I'm not in a power position. So as far as John Cena goes, if I'm John Cena with all that power and all that clout, I don't do it. But I'm also in this uncomfortable position where, like, I literally for two years have had the pandemic to lean on as far as not working clubs that keep booking sexual offenders. But what do I do when I go back? If I say I refuse to perform with such and such a person or I refuse to perform at such and such a club because of the booking, they're like, okay, well, bye. Because sure. there's a thousand monkeys right behind you that will take your place with no problem. Yeah. But I, so I, I it's, just, it's, it's, it's a tough road to hoe as far as like, it's I, easy to say it if I'm John Cena. It's I, I will much harder say, to say it as myself. But I will say this about Cena is that, you know, but just, just, just so you know, like, I'm not just one is, but just where he falls as a person. Um, keep in mind. There are many stories out there about John Cena going to Vince and saying, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. Um, and what got kind of people complained about that, but it seems like he made the right call. He's always refused to go to Saudi Arabia. He's always backed people up when they didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. Um, and so he was scheduled. And no, the number one rule in this in the wrestling business, sort of like comedy is showing up. And I just think that John Cena, if he decides not to show up and you know what, the way he acted in those first moments when he got in the ring, there seemed to be, it looked like he w watched Vince up the ramp a little bit before he started talking on the mic. And like I said, it goes back to my theory. I think Vince just called an audible and everyone said, what the fuck, including Cena. But you know, now everyone knows. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can't call on these favors as much anymore. Um, There's also the case that John Cena is Mr. Make-A-Wish. Yes. And every time he appears on WWE TV, he gets to do more. And he loves to do that. 
And it it has to be, if he truly is tortured over the decision to go on, I think that that's what puts it over the top, is that I think that he wants to continue being an ambassador for things that are good. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, no matter how many movies he does, he's not going to be able to have that same clout without occasionally appearing on WWE TV. And also, it's we don't know what, he's contractually obligated to. We don't know what he signed. We don't know when he signed it. We don't know what's going on as far as backstage. Again, if I'm him, I don't do it, but I'm not him. And we don't, it's hard. It's hard to really pigeonhole everything. There's so many moving parts to it. Uh, Maybe he thinks he can be a force for good while he's there. I don't know. But all I know is that I think John Cena, the human being is a just and right person. I think he's a good person. He is. Um, and I, at least as far as I know, I don't think this can be easy, uh, but I was, I was very glad to see there was no interaction between him and Vince McMahon. And there was no, there, there were, there was literally no acknowledgement of Vince as a positive. He only referred to the fans and the company. If anyone else wants to see if John Cena goes through with this comeback or if this keeps happening, he pulls the plug. Well, Check out Monday Night Raw at 8 on USA, Friday Night Smackdown, Friday at 8 on Fox, and like we talked about, Money in the Bank this Saturday on Peacock. Well, this is kind of a fun thing, Uh, maybe? So The Undertaker, man, he's doing our thing. Tommy's going to go do some stand-up, it looks like. (laughs) Stand-up comedy... From The Undertaker, here's my question. If he's bombing, does he come backstage and say, holy crap, I lived out there? Dead joke. Uh, what, what do we th- I think he's going to be fun. He's a really funny guy, The Undertaker. As long as he my- doesn't wear one of those weird hunting t-shirts that scares the shit out of everybody. Do you think that the chair will make an appearance? Is that why <laughs> the, the chair is opening yep. for him? Yeah, That's exactly. why they got Edge out of there. He called up and said, hey man, I need the chair on the road. <laughs> I I have some concerns. Oh no! Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about. I hope he keeps it to wrestling. Let's put it that way. And yeah, family. The thing is, is that Vin, you know, with all the Vince stuff right now, yeah, one of the things that I would love to see completely exercised from WWE is the old climate, and in that climate, there is bullying, yeah. and hazing. And a romanticizing of the past where guys had guns and knives in their lockers and, you know, people almost died in hotel altercations. And the, good, the quote, think, good old days. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think we need to romanticize that. Yeah. I hope he doesn't. I mean, we so he's got some funny stories, though. He does. Uh, like, I, I mean, he's a charming like, that's guy. A, that's an off. That's a crazy gimmick to have to carry for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a, a tremendous amount of acting that goes into that. I wouldn't deny that Mark Calloway is a very good you, actor. You've opened um, for Jake the Snake Roberts. You've you've met yeah. a lot of so a lot of those guys in clubs. Time, if you open for the Undertaker, what would your approach be? Uh, would you take the gig w- first of all? Oh, I, I'd take the gig. Same of course. Here, yeah. What would your yeah, approach and, be? So you have to go into it knowing that absolutely no one is there to see you, and um, so at this point, I've been doing stand for twenty opener, years. Yeah. Yeah, if I, I'm going out there, I'm going to do my thing and then slowly tease that I, because no one would identify me immediately as a wrestling fan. Um, so I would slowly tease that I am and then eventually get the crowd on my side because I'm a heel by heart, but still a baby face on the inside. And you have to just get them into the idea that a show's happening. It's like any other hosting gig. And you get the fuck out of the way and <laughs> you bring on your wrestler and then they do long-winded stories with maybe a punchline. Um, but people are there to see their wrestler. They're there to see their, you know, they're, they're there to hear the stories. And a lot of the stories are already out there. Um, mm. Occasionally they'll do one that they can't do on podcasts and they can't do on, you know, when, when people have the cameras on because there's a crime involved. Um, <laughs> but I mean, typically those shows are very fun. They always sell out. Um, so yeah, I mean, of, of course I would take the gig. Um, I think that in like Jake, the snake Roberts's case, 
Jake has such a painful past yeah. that a lot of that comes out. So there's a lot more ebb and flow. I noticed more that during vulnerable. Jake's set. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because the guy literally almost died. Which makes you on your 20 on straight side. years. Yeah. Yeah. That, and and Jake, Jake Roberts was really, really nice. And in the interaction I had with him backstage, uh, he was, he was all smiles and he was very warm. That's nice. And he was just like, good show, kid. And he slapped me on the back in a playful way. And all I could think of was, if this guy slapped me on the back for real, it would be like taking a gunshot wound. And like, I would have died. Was it as hard as that kid slapped Rudy Giuliani? I was just going to say this. Are you, are you waiting? Are you, where's the punchline? No, I'm an AMP in Staten Island. I, I tensed up a little bit for it because I didn't want him to think I was like, you know, yeah, made you had to jello, take the, which I am. You never had to take and, a bump after a stand-up set before. Oh, my God. Well, but he, he like literally rattled my lungs just slapping me on Julie, the back. as an audience member, would you go see The Undertaker? Probably not. No. Probably not? Probably How not. come? I, that, wasn't my, that wasn't my era. That's not what I was into. It wasn't, mm. you know, my, my thing. If it... Maybe for someone from the the women's division, um, I might be interested. But the Undertaker, it just I don't I don't really have a connection to him. Would you see McFoley? I would see McFoley. Yeah, I would okay. see McFoley. Yeah. Absolutely, um, I would. Well, I would definitely Santa's see McFoley here in here in New Hampshire. You might run into him at any point in the summer. Uh, I'll tell you what I would do. Um, I, I would take the gig opening for him, but I would also bring a ventriloquist doll of Glenn Jacobs and tell everyone to get vaccinated. That'd be my closer. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Of course, the way things are going, Vince's music would hit. He'd come out and introduce him. So there would be a buffer. There would be a buffer. Um, anyway. And then uh, the club would catch on fire. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, interesting. If, if anyone wants to go see uh, The Undertaker's uh, one-man show, uh, it is Friday, July 29th in Nashville, Tennessee at the Windhorse Saloon. Uh, check Ticketmaster. And also, uh, we another plug. We talked about them earlier. Hey, real quick, Claudio, did you see uh, what they did with the cameraman? There was this cameraman in AEW that is built like Claudio, and there was this theory online that that was Claudio under camera gear. And then when Claudio made his debut, he came and he grabbed the cameraman, and they stood next to each other, and he did this thing. Like, he pointed, like, see, two different people. I thought that was really uh, nice. It showed his character. Uh, if you, anyone wants to see AEW Dynamite and follow Claudio's uh, new adventures, Dynamite's Wednesday at 8 on TBS, AEW Rampage, Wednesday at 10 on TNT. All right. Well, um, one of those real world weeks last week yeah, where yeah. it was uh, things took a real hurt, heel swerve, uh, except there was no fun. How are we going to get out of this? It was shit. This is real. And that was that uh, the Supreme Court in a 6-3 ruling uh, has moved to overturn Roe v. Wade. And um, I was actually, uh, I'm going to try to just say right away without dwelling on the negative, I was happy to see so many superstars that did come out and speak their mind and defend women. And Me come too. out um, against it. And, and I know that you guys picked out several. I mean, I saw a bunch that I loved, but I know you guys are really looking at it. Well, um, and mostly women, by the way, yeah, there yeah, were some male the, superstars and, and props to them, well, but Finn it was Ballard mostly women came out. Oh, God bless Finn. And, yeah. uh, Kevin Owens did at first, but he had to take it down cause he went to KO with it. But oh, did he? Yeah, he, he KO, KO did a cannonball on somebody. What he did. He, KO? he went what did, too far. What did he do? Fucking great. Thank you. To I KO. screenshotted it. Let me find that. Titus Julie, um, supported oh, Kayla. Mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed with Becky with, Lynch. Uh, I mean, was, Becky Lynch was huge. Good for her. Good for her. I mean, uh, and also a mother and defending the fact that, you know, yes. she's, she's she a mom. She a great and, tweet towards someone uh, basically saying, yeah, I did have my baby that I chose to have with my money and with my health and yeah. with my lifestyle. Um, I, I'm glad. Oh, ba- Bailey came out as well. Yes. Bailey. Ba- ba- yep. I think Kayla, you know, good, good on her for sharing her story and Paige, mm. though. Can we talk about Paige for a quick Go second? For it. I know this is what I've been building towards. And how she has just been. I, I could just sit and watch Paige tweet for three hours. That would be a great <laughs> raw, in my opinion. Just give give that to me. That was 
I was well, here Paige, for it. Paige was a WWE creation. This is Soraya, the yeah. real Soraya, person. Apologies. Yeah, and, yes, Soraya. Yeah, and, yes, yes, yes. And, and remember, Soraya is amazing. Just tuning in, you know, we had Danielle Camelot on a couple weeks ago. She told us how WWE plays this game with you where if you try to change your name and get the WWE out of it on Twitter, you lose your blue check. Yeah. So to everyone saying, oh, Paige, how come? Well, she doesn't have a choice right now. So, you know, so anyone like that, so-and-so WWE. But yes, I, I thought she was great. And Gee, I found the Kevin Owens burn, by the way. Oh, really? So, uh, former Forgotten Son Jackson Riker, and if you don't remember Jackson Riker or the Forgotten Sons, he's good super for you. forgotten. Uh, yeah, they were they are very very forgotten. Uh, so he is a uh, a right wing nut job, and he is uh, he he basically tweeted, and and several wrestlers jumped on it. Yeah, uh, most notably Paige, but. Um, he uh, tweeted, thankful for the POTUS we have. God bless America, built of freedom, forgotten no more. And forgotten no more is a catchphrase that never got over because the <laughs> team never got over. Yeah. So Kevin Owens at Fight Owens Fight uh, tweeted back at him. The freedom you speak of entitles you to speak your mind all you want. I'm not here to argue that. I just really need to tell you that I think you pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all of this is happening is absolutely fucking pathetic. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Owens. He had to delete that? That's not, yeah. that's not a deletable it thing. It, it could be looked at as disrespectful of business. But I thought I loved. But see, that's how you know a good guy. Like there were other people like that, too, that you would go up and you try to. And they'd be like, man, it's just, we're just having fun. It's just this is just entertainment. And I, I love that Kevin Owens is able to step into reality enough more so than like, Julie, did you find with some writers at WWE, it seemed like the writers kind of thought they were wrestlers at a certain point in terms of, uh, you know, inhaling the uh, Axe body spray and then <laughs> sure. eating the eating the GM GNC supplement by spoon. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's the world. It's the environment. It's not surprising, I guess. But yeah, sure. But I mean, not acceptable, though. Is it fair to say? I, 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 they can do whatever they want. I don't care. Wait, in what way? In what way do you think it's not acceptable? I think you're a writer. So I think it's like I would hear writers use terms writer, like, though? like, I'm going to bury this guy. And I'd be like, dude, you're a you're you're a you're a doofus in a suit. You're going to go bury Matt Bloom? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Oh, that's yeah. Fair. You're going to do that. Okay. That's fair. That's, is that that's, fair? Yes. That's, so it's that's, interesting to see Kevin Owens, who is a very accomplished professional wrestler, who had one of the matches of the year with Stone Cold Steve Austin, where Kevin carried that thing until Steve got going, come out and be like, the fact that you're, dude, you're not a wrestler right now during a fucking Supreme Court decision. And I thought that was admirable. I wish he left it up. But think of, think of how conservative and Trump leaning you have to be, though, for Jackson Riker's case to get fired from WWE by Vince McMahon. That's like, extreme. What are you doing? That is like, oh my God, they were going to try to use that, by the way. They oh, were going to try to use really? it to, to make him a mega heel. Yeah. And then <sighs> they realized uh, he can't wrestle. Yeah. Except for <laughs> when Vince comes out to the ring and starts cheering him. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy. Hey, uh, by the way, if anyone wants to check out Linda McMahon's uh, tweet. Hmm. Boy, that was interesting. Uh, it was very pro-life. And uh, but hey, what? You know what? I don't blame her because if it weren't for having uh, kids, she wouldn't have her one child. Oh, wait, that's right. Shane. I'm sorry. Forgot about happy just, birthday, just like, Shane. Yeah, happy birthday, Shane. Um, Julie, as we go out here, I know you had Paige and you had some other people and some uh, some wonderful people you, you met working at WWE who are now having to perform and wrestle through all this. And uh, Becky Lynch last night, I mean, having to play the heel. And obviously it's a time when we need heroes. Um, and I thought uh, we'd go out on again, sort of like we did last week. Uh, anyone you'd, to, to whom you'd like to give a platform. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I, I would definitely consider if you, you have the means or the money to, to donate you could do Planned Parenthood or you could do the Abortion Care Network. They support independent abortion care providers and uh, they need your support uh, uh, a lot. So um, consider checking them out and uh, making a donation. 
Thank you all for listening to Turnbuckles. Please subscribe, review, give us a nice five-star rating. We would be also grateful for those five stars. And Tom, you had to give a shout-out, too, I understand. Yeah, uh, you know what? We're a passion podcast and uh, passion and entertainment. I feel that there's a lot of connective tissue between wrestling and comedy and acting. And uh, folks, I'm coming to you today from the Bay Area of Northern California, where I'm with my family to celebrate the life of my wife's Uncle Charlie, the late great actor Charles Siebert. Uh, Charles grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, with three brothers raised by a single mom, a man from modest, humble background, who went on to study acting at Marquette University and the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. He went from working regional theater gigs to Shakespeare in the Park to performing on Broadway to both the small and the big screen as a prolific actor and a director. He shared the stage and screen with legends like Maureen Stapleton, Fred Gwynn, Robert Loggia, Al Pacino, Gene Hackman, and Barbara Streisand, and went on to direct Lucy Lawless and Bruce Campbell working for producers Sam Raby and Rob Tappert on television. Um, just an amazing guy that I looked up to tremendously. Charles was uh, just bigger than life and had such great passion for acting. And no matter what you do, we, you owe yourself that moment where you have to pick a street in life and you might as well pick the one you want to be on. And I think that we get caught up in the magic of the things that we enjoy and with wrestling, comedy, acting, there's a magic to it, but don't ever think that that magic is magic. There is no magic. We're the magic. You and I and everyone out there, we're the magic. And anybody from some kind of background that is not privileged, that is not uh, connected, Charles came from nothing and nowhere and brought himself up to be a, an amazingly prolific actor over decades. And so whatever you want in this life, go get it. Put yourself through the paces. You owe yourself... Stay, keep the dream alive and also keep it flexible. There's, n I never thought that at this point in my career, I would be doing a wrestling podcast. And yet I get to spend every week with two good friends and have so much fun on this podcast. So whatever you want in life, go get it. And uh, rest in peace, Charles Siebert. Thank you so much for everything that you've done, both in the acting field and for our family. And uh, thank you for everything out there. Thank you for listening. And uh, see you, Buckleheads. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.